From Bias to Equality podcast is brought to you by the CEO magazine, Holman Web Lawyers, and B2 Buy. Hello, and welcome to my podcast, From Bias to Equality. I am your host, Sandra D'Souza. Thank you for joining us. Today, for this expert stream episode, we are going to have a conversation with Claire Quickly about diversity and innovation. Claire is a consultant, educator, and speaker, and is the founder and director of Launchpad 9, a boutique consultancy which aligns people, strategy, and innovation to help clients transform how they improve, innovate, and ideate for exceptional outcomes. She cuts her teeth with a number of high-tech startups in Ireland and then transitioned to research commercialization centers and corporates where she has driven innovation agendas, led groundbreaking product launches, and set the foundations for high-impact collaborations. As well as running her consultancy, Claire is board director for Hunter IF, a for-purpose organization that connects innovation with opportunity to advance the region. She also is a proud judge for the annual National Tech Diversity Awards, which celebrates organizations that champion DEI in creating a thriving technology workforce. I'm so happy to have Claire as our first guest for 2024. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Hi, Sandra. Very excited to be the first one in 2024. Thanks for having me. It's great. I mean, it's innovation year 2024. We're talking about diversity and innovation. It's not really a topic that many people talk about. So I'm actually quite excited to kind of like delve into the topic. So you know what? Like I said, not many people talk about it. Do you want to just kind of like give us a bit of a background? Like, what is this all about? Um, You know, why do we need to think about it? Like, why is sure. it so important for companies? Yes, yes, absolutely. So I guess, you know, it's it's not going to be a surprise to anyone listening. I'm sure that, you know, we know that DEI has a fundamental impact on the performance of organizations, on sustainability of organizations. And I myself, when I've worked with clients throughout the years, I've always found the ones that invite diversity and debate into the room um, have been consistently more successful. What I also noticed, Sandra, was that this is not the norm. And I started to observe how different organizations went about the process of innovating, setting the strategic direction, solving problems, looking at their customer. And what I've noticed is that we tend to get comfortable in the how. So in the how we approach our ways of working, how we approach our strategy. So if you think about it, you know, when you do a strategy session, it's typically you know, and, and uh, I'm sure you'd have had similar experiences. Uh, it's like we have an annual review. You know, we take what mm. we've done last year, we've assessed that, we'll go again. But if you think about the people in the room that are invited to that conversation, it's typically similar roles, similar backgrounds, similar mental models in terms of decision-making and problem-solving. Um, and as such, these organizations lose the opportunity to bring fresh thinking into the key decisions that are made for the organization at an early stage. Um, And I've seen this a lot as well with respect to idea generation and validation and selection, 
we tend to again have certain roles um, that are called upon um, and not necessarily always have a wider lens across what could this be. Um, can we invite more experience to the table? Can we invite more diverse perspectives um, and embrace those and see where they take us? So I guess in essence, what I've seen is we tend to, for the most part, get comfortable um, in the how we approach things. Um, but also we tend to value experience over exploration as well consistently. Mm. Um, and I see that play out a lot, particularly when you've got the older, we now have five generations in the workforce, which is crazy, but it's it's there, right? Yeah. But when yeah. you see the more experienced people in the room and then perhaps some of the younger incoming people in the room, if, if they get that opportunity, there's not necessarily a level playing field. So yeah, so this is why I think organizations you know waking up to that um, opportunity of we have diversity here in some shape or form are we inviting that into the room at the right time to make key decisions um, and also even those organizations that have a DEI profile they're measuring and not every organization's there yet right but there's certainly a grand swell happening um, there is a tendency to almost wait for that to embed in the organization and then in a number of years you know those people who have been brought in for further diversity and their contributions will then be in the senior positions to make the decisions my mm. question is why are we waiting why aren't we taking up the opportunity today when we have it you know it's really interesting you said that because I guess in my book I talk about how diversity can drive um, profitability success and innovation and that how important diversity in senior management can drive that and and why you know having you here to talk about this is exactly what you just said why don't you incorporate that into the design thinking isn't it from yes. that from that point not wait till all the way um just only leave it as part of just in the uh, decision making of on at the leadership level Oh, 100%. And it's, I think as well, you know, design thinking is an amazing approach. It's very valuable when it's utilized and harnessed in the right way. Um, it's been getting a bit of a bad rap recently, but a lot of methodologies have been, you know, agile is also getting questioned. Um, but I think in many cases, it's the application of these tools. But the reason I guess I wanted to explore the design thinking piece a bit, a little bit more was um, it's getting a bad rap because if I reflect on some of the sessions I've done in this space, um, you know, if I'm there and I'm empathizing with the customer, right? And yeah. I am in my 40s, I'm a white female. Am I the best positioned individual to empathize with a 21 to 30 year old male, you know, who lives in rural Australia, for example, who is the customer that we're trying to? you know target mm. in whatever and it's not that i'm not the right person but have i brought in the perspectives into the room as opposed to interview them and then filter that through my cognitive um models to take that feedback you know are we are we really embracing having representation in the room of our customer if i don't see um that representation i think we really do ourselves a disservice in terms of truly getting to the why this customer would value us as and, an organization. And, and so, so the so the bad rap that you're saying is because the bad rap around these methodologies that there isn't enough representation 
the methodology mm -hmm. just assumes that you just um, provide that feedback and not having the right match of the, let's say, the representation between the customers and the and the company. Exactly. You know, yeah. so we are exactly we're we're putting we're expecting the tool to do the work. Yeah. Um, or it's you know, or to be like you know, my husband's a carpenter builder, to be like handing, you know, a farmer, or you know, maybe that's not a good example, but somebody who's different experience, uh, a hammer and nails, and it's like, okay, these are great tools, but am I the best person to to apply these? I'm not really yeah. sure. Is this am I truly getting uh, giving the most value um, with these tools? Um, yeah, hundred percent. Mm, okay. And so, so in your experience, I guess, um, what have you seen that has worked well? I mean, um, with, with to bring that diversity and innovation. Yeah, sure. So, I guess um, what I'd like to just first explore is the diversity that I'm referring to today in our conversation is probably stra uh, straddles two areas. So, firstly, it's the cognitive diversity. So, you know how we think, how our perspective, what our experiences are um all of that sort of thing so and you know there's up to i think six mental models of problem solving that are in existence if you look at the research as you climb the ladder you know depending mm -hmm. on uh, how you want to perceive it but you know as you climb the ladder um the, that that diversity in mental models reduces to one maybe two which actually increases your error rate by up to 30 percent now the research is showing so you know 30 percent is a pretty big area yeah, but yeah. um so what i'm saying is okay well you know we might assume we've got cognitive diversity in the room because we've got you know john from marketing and sam from r d and so on but have we really so i think you know that 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 question um and then secondly it's the representational diversity so what i mean by that sandra is have we representation of the customer in the room or are mm. we again going down that path of and even you know that idea validation path of testing things is fantastic, but the actual idea generation still suffers if we don't have representation at the earlier stage in the innovation process. So having representation of the customer in some shape or form and having representation of your organization um, and going, okay, well, you know, if, if we're uh, depending on, on what type of industry you're in and depending on the, on the profile, your DEI profile, that might look different for you. Um, but certainly think about, should we have some more representation of the people in our business in the room to guide the strategy of our organization or to guide the, the new direction we want to take our business? Um, so those are the two areas that I would that I, I guess find most relevant in the space of innovation and strategy and, and the diversity conversation. Um, if I was to look at examples, you know, it, it's, I was thinking about this yesterday, it was making me smile. So I was working <laughs> for a client, yeah. So it's always it's always fascinating when you you see those light bulbs literally going over people's heads, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we I was I was working for this client fabulous client you know big like in the um manufacturing space international player lots of you know very busy and important people everywhere which is great <laughs> but they asked asked me to come in and I was doing a piece of work and they said Claire we actually want you to come over and have a look um at what we're doing in our order to cash space um so 
they basically said we've got our salespeople very upset with our technology people because when there's customer modifications made, so these are like large infrastructure projects, and when there's modifications made, to do that modification process was very painful, very time-consuming. Customers were not happy to the point that they were threatening to pull out of contracts. Um, and from sales point of view, it was, you know, what, what the hell? Why can't IT just create, you know, add another module within our software platform that we can just make modifications? IT were going, well, no, hang on, you can't just add more apps because you've got something from the latest Gen AI platform kind of thinking. Um, so they were at a little bit of a, an impasse. So they asked me to come into the room. I listened and it was great. And I just started asking some questions. I was like, okay, well, um, have we representation of the customer in this conversation? And they're like, the salespeople are like, well, we're comfortable with that. And I was like, okay, can you start talking me through what happens when you need to make a modification? So then they just took me to very, you know, stone skimming conversation across what are the key points um and you could see everybody going hang on we're only two people or two functions within the business it was actually eight if i'm correct maybe nine different roles in the business that were fundamentally important to this particular problem um, and opportunity for efficiencies and so on um so we obviously then took that and said, right, well, we don't have representation here and we don't have different perspectives on how we're going to solve this problem because it's it might, the flag always goes up for me when people say, oh, it's wow. just ABC, right? Yeah. And I'm like, it, when you say just to me, that's <laughs> when I get worried because it either means you've oversimplified it or you're not yeah. really sure what's yeah. what the full problem is, right? Yeah. So we looked then at, we started to assess the impact and the scale of the problems that were surfacing. And it was amazing, the outcome, because all of a sudden there was these people in the room wrapped around a purpose um, to solve a particular problem for the customer. And um, the the solution they got to as a result of this was light years ahead of what the Band-Aid approach would have been. And that was the power of diversity in the room oh, and, and people okay. coming together. So, yeah, so, you know, and, and it's all very smart people and all so, you know, but it was just the lens yeah, um, that yeah. they had originally yeah. put over it was they needed to, to shift that lens yeah amazing yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that is definitely a light bulb moment isn't it yeah just, uh... yeah <laughs> yeah it was wow. you know, I still get goosebumps because you just and, and you know it's like god you know we're not I'm not saving babies from buildings or anything like that but <laughs> um you know but you still go wow this is having an impact on the the, the organization the culture the people and the customer yeah yeah, and by having that awareness to shift the lens to have more diverse conversation in the room, but it completely shifted the thinking. That's the thing, mm. you know. It it could have been basically heading down one path, which in a way, maybe the lack of a better better term, lack of a better term. Yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking straight. Um, very one dimensional mm-hmm. to uh, multi dimensional thinking that have. Um, given them an opportunity to um, have a very well-balanced solution that is yes. innovative. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I can see and because that. people understood why they were doing things, there was a greater appreciation, I think, for each of the roles rather than, yeah. oh, IT always tell us that we can't do such things because of cybersecurity, for example. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, know, we, you know, we make assumptions about other functions in the business and because... Again, as you say, that multidimensional thought process, 
just yeah. totally changed how people engage with each other. Yeah. yeah. And I can yeah. I can feel and and without sounding woo-woo, but I can feel like there's a sense of appreciation at, yes. at the end of that process as well. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and and it's almost that mix of tangible and tacit benefit yes. you know yes. you, you can still say hey we do this <laughs> i was gonna say you, you know? put it much more elegantly than my <laughs> <woo-woo> comment <laughs> uh, yeah uh, yeah so great. yeah so that's just a very simple you know but i wanted to keep it simple because i think it's i hope this is something that li- your listeners will relate to because i think a lot yeah. of people have been in situations like that yeah yeah and so you talked about the cognitive side was mm-hmm. there another um element as well in terms of the diversity so the cognitive and the representational were probably the two most okay. pertinent factors. Yeah. yeah. So okay. per- representational in terms of internal. So that the reason I think I've I think that's so important is that why are we waiting for DEI work to filter through the business? Let's go and lift that baby up now and see how we can apply it. Um, yeah. because it's going to build the case for more DEI in the organization, but it's also going to um, fast track, hopefully, some of the work that the organization has been struggling to, you know, really get traction yeah. on. Um, yeah. And I've seen this, in, for example, where organizations know, oh, hang on, we have a new generation coming through that communicate very differently, differently to us. How do we change up our platforms of communication? how about we go and talk to people who are in that space in yes. our organization who work there yeah. and bring them into the room and understand yeah. rather than, you know, like going through the, or, or have this divide or have this yes, divide, you yes, know, in a way. Yes. Now, yes, th- yes. The other thing too, also, when you think about it, where the technology is heading, you know, innovation is important, not also from the cultural perspective and the organizational perspective, but look at where technology is heading um, mm-hmm. that is impacting in our day-to-day in everything that we do from um, everything that we touch, from what we do, what we see, everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you add terminology such as generative AI, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm sounding really <laughs> smart. If I talk about generative AI, um, you know, like what we are seeing, simple tools, simple, but it's not really simple, chat GPT, but um with how what's impacting everything into what we're doing but we are actually who knows you know five years three years five years ten years we're talking about uh, professions disappearing technologies taking over to what we're doing now all of that stuff so we're, we are looking at very fast change very fast um um things sorry let me let me articulate this in a way without offending people that um things are moving so quickly that companies could disappear professions will disappear new things will come on board um and companies really do need to pay attention to this right mm-hmm. so what is your view on this like you know like i i don't want to make it sound like it's all doom and gloom but um, with with what's going on, what's what's your view? How like with how important is diversity, and and nobody really thinks about the importance of diversity in this in this point. And and I'm I'm not a a technology expert, but I do want to understand from your perspective, um, does diversity have a play in this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I think, you know, you're right, like, it's certainly not doom and gloom. You know, if we were to look at it, 
it's almost like, okay, well, what are we letting go of and what are we moving towards? So, um, for example, Microsoft recently re um, uh, released a report where it showed on average 48% of our current roles will be in some shape or form replaced by Gen AI. So that could be, you know, like the likes of ChatGPT, Microsoft Copilot, um, yeah. these different tools going, right, you know, please write me something, you know, whatever the instructions, depending on your prompt engineering. Um, mm. That will it that will replace, but then there's an augmented element as well where you ask Gen AI to help you to do something. Okay, so that's about forty eight percent of our current worlds, and then of course your fifty two percent still requires leadership. It still requires collaboration. It still requires human intelligence, collective intelligence, but it also requires diverse thinking uh, to actually increase that. So, I think in, in diversity will actually empower us to deal with the change so much more than if we stand in our own space and decide it's a me it's an either or scenario mm. if we go yes and let's go yes and in the conversation yeah. with gen ai and let's go yes and in the conversation with how so for example somebody coming into the workplace will have a very different prompt engineering model than i will they'll be mm. far more advanced right but can they teach me something hell yes and i'm open to it please share with me what I can, you know, what I can yeah. know more. So I think there's, it's about, I guess, almost back to what I was saying about the exploration versus experience conversation. So are we willing to explore and see how this can help us? Um, we also have to be very, very aware, Sandra, I think of what we're teaching these large language models and diversity needs to be part of that. So even like I was listening to something the last day we were talking about how like Alexa's voice is female. Um, and somebody had wrote a paper about um, how their son came into their, I can't remember who this is from. I'll try and find out. But um, their son had said, you know, mom, I want a virtual slave. But he was automatically starting to associate that slave, you know, the person who would do stuff with him with a female because it was a female voice. So we oh, are wow. creating... Okay. We need to be very mindful and intentional in how we feed the these models um, and do it for the greater good, as opposed to, oh, it's too hard to create a, a male um, voice, so we're not going to do it, you know. Um, oh. And that's just one example I'm, I'm selecting yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think diversity across all layers of the Gen AI movement is going to be fundamentally important. Mm. Okay. Well, that's um, mm -hmm. certainly um, one to watch out for, and um, and and to keep an open, like keep keep an not only an open mind, but certainly it's um, it's necessary to ensure in order to stay relevant um, that you have to incorporate diversity um, into yes. the work that we do. Okay, yes, so absolutely. you know. I was just, I just realized the time and we could just already just keep talking. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess um, my final question to you, Claire, is that if the organization would like to embrace, I guess, this way of thinking and acting, like how do they start? What do they, what do they, where do they go? Okay. Yes. Yeah, no, really good question. And look, when I work with clients, it's, it's the ultimate goal is to create a model, right? So we have consistency in this space, but if you were just starting going, hmm, yes, I definitely want to explore this a little bit more. Um, the first place I'd start with is select 
you know, a problem you want to solve for or select a specific um, area to work in and decide, okay, what do I want to do here? What are we trying to achieve? What's the problem we're solving first? So just get very clear on that. Um, the second thing I would say is um, awareness. So look at um, what is the composition of the group that you are putting together to solve for this problem? And I would put money on it and I'm not a betting woman, but I'd bet in this instance that you are, you would start to go, Oh, hang on. We've only a very select group of people with a certain representation. Hang on. We probably need to bring in other people into this or switch it up a little bit. So looking awareness is like 80% of any transformation, right? Knowing it and then acting as a result of that. So get very clear on what's the composition of the team that you want involved in this. Um, and then the third step, Sandra, I would say is harnessing this. So this is often where people can struggle and need a little bit of help, if I'm honest, um, because you can have a group, group of great brains in the room, but if you, and, and voices, but if you can't I guess harness that in a way that's going to create a, an outcome um, and I'm all about outcomes um, it, it's it's going to be waste of time basically and that's not what we want we don't have time right in many cases so what I would suggest is that you look at okay how can I be deliberately deliberately inclusive um, as a leader so I go right I'm going to voice my thoughts but I'm going to include other people I'm going to show what this looks like so people start to look at you as a person who makes them comfortable to speak up in the room you know mm. um and the other thing then as well I would say to is to probably be a little bit um humble into terms of your intellectual contribution and, and capacity as well so <laughs> what I mean by this I guess is we have all been hardwired, you know, any of us who've gone through the good old schooling system, we've all been pretty much hardwired to be told that we have to have answers for every problem. And if we don't, mm. we don't know what like, what are we doing? Um, so if you were to actually peel that back and go, you know what, I don't know all the answers here. I'm open to diverse thinking. I'm open to dissent within the group. In mm, you know, obviously very important. Reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. because the dissent will stop the group thing, which is you know what you want to avoid. Um, and you know, I, I, you possibly follow Ray Dalio. You know, Bridgewater Associates. He is a phenomenal model. He applies in this space, but. Um, yeah, I would absolutely say be open to listening more and speaking less um, and being open to going, okay, how can I make this group smarter rather than how can I make myself smarter, I guess, as well. So that mindset piece. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it diversity is what's going to shift, I think, how we view ourselves as leaders. You know, I'm leading within the circle rather than leading from the top of a pyramid kind of yeah. thing and um, yeah. that 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 approach I think is what's really going to shift the dial for a lot of organizations once they embrace that way of of thinking and acting um, but hopefully yes yeah, so just to, to recap very quickly the first thing I would say like super clear on what problem you're trying to solve for um, then start to identify what's the composition of the team or group that you want to help with this and then harnessing that and doing that consistently rather than oh we had an awesome session you know, let's take a picture <laughs> and that's it. You know, yeah. let's put a picture yeah. up on Slack or Teams <laughs> or whatever we use, right? And yeah. say, no, no, how do we consist now? You're 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 in, you're bought in. Am I a deliberately inclusive leader in this instance? If I am, I've got to keep this this ball rolling because it's gotta yeah. be worth it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's where I'd suggest to start with. And then as you get more mature in, in that space, you can then start looking at other ways to really bring the diversity powerhouse there into the strategy and the innovation um, opportunities for you. Yeah, well, I think that, that's very good advice, Claire. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's yes, great. You're very oh, welcome. It is good. It is like it is something that's very important. Um, we it's it's certainly um, in this day and age, if you don't um, incorporate innovation into part of the strategy for a company, you will um, very mm-hmm. quickly be, um, you know, what's the saying? Innovate or die. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I try not to be negative, but um, it's something that is very important to uh, include as part of your strategic plan. So thank yes. you so much, Claire, for sharing with us. Um, I appreciate you sharing your um, insights and your expertise um, on this topic. And um, and thank you for being part of this interview and this podcast. Thanks for having me, Sandra. And I just want to say I love what you're doing as well. And I love your book. Um, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to hearing some more on your podcast interviews. Oh, great. Thanks, Claire. I just want to take a moment to thank you for listening and to express my gratitude for following yet another episode of From Bias to Equality. Don't forget, you can get a copy of my Amazon best-selling book, From Bias to Equality, at any good online book sites. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you again. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors. Firstly, we're sponsored by V2Buy. B2Buy is your trusted business buying platform that simplifies and automates your buying process, helping you buy smarter and faster, giving you greater visibility and value. With 100,000 products in one place, B2Buy is passionate about connecting diverse suppliers with corporate buyers, so you can create a more inclusive business environment and buy better with www.b2buy.online. Our second sponsor is Holman Webb Lawyers, an award-winning and dynamic full-service Australian law firm with offices in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Adelaide. Not only do Holman Webb offer comprehensive legal services, but they are also a proud recipient of the LX Star, recognizing their commitment to achieving gender equality and leadership. Discover more about their services, initiatives and industry-leading insights at www.holmanweb.com.au. Lastly, Our sponsor The CEO Magazine is an iconic, global media brand that inspires and promotes excellence within the business world. It is a source of information, inspiration and motivation for the world's most successful leaders, executives, investors and entrepreneurs. Go to www.thesiomagazine.com. 